0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur of the Month podcast brought to you by GetResponse, the marketing software with more than 300,000 customers around the globe. My name is Jamie Turner. I'm an author, speaker, and an ambassador for GetResponse, and I'll be your host for today's show. Before we dive in, I'd like to remind you that GetResponse will be hosting ResponseCon in Boston on April 9th and 10th of 2019. If you're interested in learning Insider secrets about marketing and marketing automation, be sure to register at getresponse.com/slash responsecon slash boston. Speaking of marketing, speaking of sales, speaking of influence, speaking of all sorts of things. I am really thrilled to welcome today to today's show Bob Berg, who is the author of The Go-Giver, the co-author of The Go-Giver, and also The Go-Giver Leader, and has a new book out called The Go-Giver Influencer. It's a little story about, uh, about it talks about achieving what you want by focusing on the other person's interests, a hot topic right now, and it's not a, focusing on the other person's interest in a way that's self-sacrificial, but rather in a way that all parties benefit greatly. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Bob Berg to the show. Bob, how are you doing? Hey, it's so great to
1: be with you, Jamie. Always enjoy speaking with you.
0: Absolutely. Glad to have you here. You are, I, in the pre-show talk we had, we were talking about you are in a hot topic right now, which is the power of influence and everything going on. You know, we also talked about politics and how people are, we're in a fractured society where it seems like you can't really have a conversation with people about anything other than the weather or something that's innocuous but talk to me a little bit about finding common ground with other people when you're having a conversation whether it's in business or at a cocktail party or whatever what what what, what do we do in that when we live in a fractured society right now
1: well you know when you when you think about it dialogue today and conversation has devolved from uh, I'm right, you're wrong, to I'm right, you're evil. <laughs> oh, and, you know, right. and that is no way to find common ground with anyone and, and have a, a conversation in which you're both able to work effectively with one another and be able to be influential. Uh, because it's not just a matter of being nice. It's not a matter of just going along to get along. It's a matter of being able to communicate with others in such a way that you're able to, get the results you want while making the other person feel good about themselves and good about you, good about the situation, and for both people to actually come out ahead, to be become better off than they were beforehand.
0: That makes complete sense. I love that idea. We're, we're, we're currently in a world of I'm right, you're evil. We need to get out of that. But let me ask you something, because I've talked a little bit about influence in the past, and one of the questions that I think the audience often has is, are are we talking about some kind of clever manipulation or mind game you're playing with others or why can you address that for us? What do you mean by influence? What does that really mean?
1: Yeah, I I think that's important to discuss. Well, influence itself is simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal. Now, is that good or bad? Well, I guess it depends. Uh, It's sort of like asking, is gravity good or bad? Okay, gravity is a universal law. Uh, It's really neither good nor bad, but it manifests itself one way or the other, depending upon the situation. For example, gravity is good when it keeps us from floating aimlessly up into space. Gravity is bad when we fall off a seven-story building. In, the, in a similar way, it's the same with influence, moving a person to action, to a certain action. It's bad if you were to do it through manipulation, it's good when you do it through positive persuasion. So what's the difference, really? Uh, it, well, first, it comes down to intent, but it doesn't, it doesn't end there. I think the, the best explanation I ever read of the difference between uh, manipulation and persuasion was from a, a, was in a book called The Art of Talking So That People Will Listen, though it was much more about listening than it was about talking. It was written by a gentleman by the name of Dr. Paul Sweats. It came out in 1987. Uh, and, and here's what Dr. Sweats wrote. He said, manipulation aims at control, not cooperation. It does not consider the good of the other party. It results in a win-lose situation. He continued that, on the other hand, opposite, directly uh, opposite of the, per- of the manipulator, the persuader always seeks to enhance both the self-esteem and the position of the other party. Uh, they treat people as responsible, self-directing individuals, so people act self-directing and responsibly. Uh, I think what it really comes down to is that a manipulator may not be trying to hurt you in some way. Mm -hmm. But if that's what it takes for them to get the results they want, they will do that. They're totally eye focused. It's all about them with a persuader that could never happen because in order for a persuader to feel good about the situation, they've got to know that you feel good about the situation and that you are
0: better off as well. That makes complete sense. So there are manipulators stay away from them. Persuaders are fine because you're working in mutual best interest. I love that. That's really, really true exactly. stuff. One of the things um, that you talk about in your new book is the, the concept of the five secrets of, of genuine influence. Can you walk us through what those five secrets are?
1: Yeah, it begins with, you know, number one is to master your emotions. This is really the, the crux of it. You know, the sage's asked uh, who is mighty, and their answer was that person who can control their own emotions and make of an enemy or of a potential enemy, a friend. Um, It's only when we are in control of our own emotions, that we're even in a position to take a potentially negative situation or person and turn it into a win for everyone involved. Now, I think we all know this, Uh, yet how often do we allow ourselves, based on what another person says or does, we allow that to push our emotional hot buttons and we cause ourselves to become Uh, frustrated, or upset, or helpless, or angry, and we say or do something that is totally counterproductive to the very results we want, Uh, the question is, if we know better, why do we do that? And I believe the answer is, because we're human beings. And as human beings, we are emotional creatures. now we 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 like that we'd like to think we're logical, and to a certain extent, of course, we are. But we're pretty emotion based. We make major decisions based on emotion, and we back up those emotional decisions with logic, right? We we rationalize, and if you break up the word rationalize, it simply means we tell ourselves rational lies, yeah. and we do this right to justify that decision we made, which we know we shouldn't have, or acting in a way that we know we shouldn't but we don't want to take responsibility. What we're not suggesting is that you deny your emotions or forego your emotions. First, that wouldn't make logical sense because it's contrary to human nature. We are emotional creatures, so we we wouldn't be able to keep that up very long. But the other thing is there's no need to do so. Emotions are great. I mean, emotions are a wonderful part of life. They bring us joy. They make life worthwhile. Uh, What we're saying is make sure you master your emotions rather than your emotions mastering you or as one of my great friends, leadership speaker, Donji Scumacci, puts it, take your emotions along for the ride, but make sure you are driving the car.
0: Oh, I love that. Take your emotions along for the drive because that, that acknowledges – it's what you were saying. It acknowledges the emotions, lets you have the emotions – uh, participates probably the wrong word, but. Being- no, that's, that's the good word. Actually there, you know, we, uh, they participate,
1: they're a part, you know, they, they bring us some wisdom, but yeah. they shouldn't be the decision maker. If we rely on our emotions as our decision maker, we're creating the context for not making the best decisions.
0: Are there any, uh, techniques that you'd suggest in terms of trying to manage emotions in a business setting, in a family setting, whatever it is, or is it really just sort of, you know, the gestalt of it, just kind of, you know, managing it and trying to be as logical as you can?
1: Uh, No, it it helps to understand that it might be an issue, but no, there are steps that can be taken. I had to do this 25, 30 years ago when I came to realize that my emotions are often in the form of frustration and anger, were really getting in the way of my effectiveness. And uh, it, was not, it was not causing me happiness, certainly, and, and, or others, and, and so I learned a, a, a methodology, and I've since taught this methodology to hundreds of people, and the results are astounding. Uh, again, I'm not bragging, I didn't make this up, I learned it from someone else. But uh, what you wanna do is basically retrain your brain in this regard. And it's actually fairly simple. Uh, and and it's a lot of fun. And what I want someone to do who's listening is to imagine a time uh, that you know uh, that you're going to be fa- come face to face with a person or a situation that typically pushes your, your emotional hot buttons, as I call it. It's yeah. going to cause you to make yourself angry or whatever negative emotion, let's say anger in this case. Mm-hmm. And And so picture it, because you know it's going to happen. The big thing is it's the surprise that gets us. We don't think about it. And then it happens and we say, oh, no, I can't believe it!" right? So so imagine this happening. uh, And then imagine yourself reacting, which is negative, as opposed to responding, which is positive, reacting the way you usually do. And feel the feeling that you get afterwards, kind of a lousy feeling. Now, I want you to do the opposite. I want you to see the same exact situation, but now I want you to imagine yourself, picture yourself, see yourself um, responding beautifully. You're handling it just beautifully. You're calm, you're serene. You let the person finish without interrupting them. You say the perfect thing that just kind of diffuses the situation, and everyone comes away feeling great about it. Don't worry about the words right now. Those come later. But right now, I just want you to see this and get the feeling in your mind. Now, feel what it feels like and what it will feel like to have had this happen, and it feels really good. Now I want you to start practicing this. Mm -hmm. Just practice it, run through it again and again, just like an astronaut before going up on a a space mission, uh, he or she would run hundreds of simulations. Why? Because when they get up into space, heaven forbid, something happens, a breakdown with the equipment or something happens, they know what to do. They've been there. There's no surprise. There's no panic. It doesn't catch them off guard. They know how to do it. Now, someone might say, well, but being in space and doing the mission, that's not exactly the same, just like being in this conflict and imagining it isn't the same. No, it's not exactly the same, but it's close enough. Uh, we know that the the subconscious mind cannot distinguish between what's actually happened and what has been suggested to it over and over again. Now, so do this uh, and and just have fun doing it and really just really feel that good feeling. Now, the next time this incident takes place, boom, I want you to just in that nanosecond in your mind that you can also have, often have a full conversation, just say, this doesn't surprise me. I expected this. I knew this was going to happen. I know how to handle it. And and now just go through the process of just, you know, again, handling it just as we as we discussed and afterwards feel great about it. Take pleasure in it. Now, after you do this, realize two things. Both of these are very important. Number 1, if you can do it right that time, you could do it right every time. Secondly, you won't do it right every time because you're a human being, and I'm a human being, and we're all going to mess up from time to time. But by but and lie, and then we just go back and try it again next time. But I'll tell you something, if you will use this, okay, within about three weeks, you are going to be a different person. I mean, let's put it this way, you'll be the same person, but you'll be a much more effective, improved version of yourself. Yeah, and you will feel better about yourself people will like you more, you'll be more respected, highly trusted, and uh, far more, you'll be on your way to being far more influential.
0: Oh, I love all of that. It, I mean, there's so much to unpack there. I, I love the story of the astronaut. Totally true. If you train yourself into this, then it becomes unexpected things you, you mentally have gone through them before. But I also like the idea of give yourself a little bit of a break, You know, do your best, understand that you're not going to be perfect at this right off the bat, and then you can go from there. Now, there's another one of the the five that I want to talk to you about. That's about stepping into the other person's shoes. And one of the things that that uh, both you you guys, you and John, talk about is to listen with the back of your neck. Now, what does that mean?
1: Sure, um, because yeah, because it sounds a little crazy. (laughs) Listen with the back of your neck. So when we say, so let's go back to the actual stepping into the other person's shoes, because, you know, this is a saying that we've all heard, right? So it's kind of trite, step into the other person's shoes. But you think about it, it's not really that easy when you realize that most of us have different size feet. So you really can't step into the other person's shoes, literally, and you figuratively can't really step into another person's head or mind. Why? Because we're not them. And we can't read minds. And we generally as human beings come from different ways of seeing the world, different what I call belief systems, or even unconscious operating systems. Mm -hmm. So we, we see the world differently. Practically all conflict is the result of two or more people seeing the same basic thing from different points of view. Yeah. So if we're going to, and yet as human beings, we tend to think that everyone else sees the world basically the same way we do. How could it be any different, right? It's all we know. Mm-hmm. So, so the way we step into someone's shoes and, and understand them is we ask questions and then we listen but we don't just listen with our ears as one of the, the uh, mentors in the story told the protege, don't just listen with your ears. That's surface listening. That's what most of us do. That's the listening. It's listening in order to speak. You're waiting your turn to speak. You're willing to give them their two cents so long as you can get in your 10 cents. Okay. That's, that's the regular surface listening. What he said was listen with your eyes, listen with your posture, Listen with the back of your neck. In other words, listen with your entire being. Put everything about you into listening to this person in order to understand where they are are coming from, how they are seeing the situation, what they need, what they want, what they desire, what challenges they have, what they're looking to solve. Because influence, just like sales, is nothing more than discovering what the other person needs and helping them to get it, okay? So when we listen with the back of our neck like this, two things happen. One, we actually learn a lot more about this person. We learn how to serve them, which is really what influence is, okay? Remember, as Dale Carnegie wrote in How to Win Friends and Influence People, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. If we want to influence someone, while we have to know what it is we're looking to do, in order to influence them, we need to know what they need to have happen, <laughs> right? right? And so when we listen like that, we know more, And this person feels listened to, they feel heard, they feel understood. And when they do, they're much more likely to accept our thoughts and ideas.
0: Oh, man, I got to tell you, every once in a while you hear a little trigger that just sort of resonates. And that idea of listen with your eyes, listen with your posture, listen with the back of your neck is really explains so much because suddenly it, it's about being present and about right. really being there and so often people are intellectualizing and when you intellectualize of course you judge and so you're listening but you're judging and saying well i don't totally agree with him but i'll let him get finished yammering on but when you think about <laughs> what you said listen with your eyes listen with your posture listen with the back of your neck all of a sudden it's like be present really be there for the other person that absolutely love that stuff. We have gotten through two of the five secrets and we are going to have you back for another episode, which is great because I want to get through the other three secrets. I mean, I thought we'd zip through those five in about three minutes and there was so <laughs> much to unpack there and you have so much richness to what you're talking about that I know that we can go through the other three in the next episode. In the meantime, where can people find out about you and, and where can they get your book? best place is just to go
1: to the go without the hyphen the giver.com and everything's pretty much there on the site and if if you scroll down a few pages you'll see uh, uh the books that you can click on and it will take you to a page where you can listen or excuse me you can watch the <laughs> you can read <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can listen you can watch too i guess the uh first uh, two chapters and and uh see if you like where the story's headed
0: oh that is that is terrific uh, Bob Berg, uh, co-author with John David Mann of The Go-Giver Influencer, a little story about the most persuasive, about a most persuasive idea. I want to thank our listeners for joining us to, today for this episode of the Entrepreneur of the Month podcast, brought to you by your friends at Get Response. I want you to join us again soon. And as always, look for us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and at GetResponse.com resources. My name is Jamie Turner, and I'll catch you next time.